How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome in to the PHNX Sun Devils postgame show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game this week and get $200 in free bets if they do. I wouldn't bet on ASU anytime soon, Britt. Uh, no, how's everything I wouldn't going either. Down there? This game, let me tell you, the vibe in here was absolutely miserable from the very start. After the very first uh, turnover that Arizona State had, Everything just went to the wayside, it seemed like. Then it was turnover after turnover after turnover. Jaden Daniels had three interceptions today. The most of his uh, – that, that's all he had his entire freshman year, I believe. That's the most mm. interceptions he's ever had in an entire game in his collegiate career. Um, I think that's something to note. It was just not a good game, and it really seemed like uh, there was a moment here in the third quarter where they kind of just gave up. But the vibe here has really just been not good. Fans have been rightfully so pissed off, but, um, you know – there's just so many things I want to touch on. I mean, you have players yelling at refs in the end zone about penalties that they're getting that are actually legitimate penalties in this situation. You have fans yelling at the the players from the stands, almost starting an argument with them and having Tempe police mm-hmm. have to come break it up. It, it was a very, there was a lot of irritation and anger in here and you could feel it. Like the same thing that we have been saying on the show is the exact same thing every single fan has been feeling. And I felt like today was just when everything came to a boiling point. It was hot. It was in the sun. It didn't really look like they were doing what they were supposed to be doing, even though they said as long as they prepared the way that they needed to prepare, nothing was going to be different, despite the fact that they had yeah. a different um, coach. Clearly, this defensive coordinator that they moved up to head coach was somebody who should have been their head coach to start before Nick Rolovich. Uh, right. This has been great for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it's as much prop to Washington State as it is depressing for this ASU team. I mean, at this point, there is a lot of traction behind um, anti-Herm uh, propaganda, and I can understand well, it because coming off of a bye week, and you this, when you when you should fix everything as a collegiate football team, a Power Five team, and you put on a showing like this. It, they mm-hmm. weren't in it to begin with. I mean, no. you really have to start thinking that now it, it, it's feasible that everything that, that's going on behind with the investigation it ha- has a part in this because there, there is something wrong with the chemistry of this team, the coaching mm-hmm. staff, the Antonio Pierce stuff. Nothing's been said about that yet, and he was still no, on the sidelines. The scheming was weird on defense. I mean, they, 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 these players just don't look like they want to play. There was a video on Twitter um, of – I think it was uh, Chad Johnson Jr. 
and Rashad White going into the locker room, and they were laughing when they're down 21 points. And I get it. Well, it's a, Rashad it's a White sport. didn't even really do anything today. He didn't play. Where yeah. was he? I mean, he, 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 he was banged up. He, he's still a little hurt. But still, that that shouldn't be happening. Why 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 is there levity? Why 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 is the mood light going into the locker room when you're getting absolutely embarrassed um, in a game that should have turned the season around? And to to even say like it's a disappointment is an understatement. Oh, it is definitely a disappointment, and it's you know Josh touched on this. You had the comment up on the screen about how heartbroken he felt seeing that '97 team out on the field. And this was something I talked about with the 97 team, 96, 97 team a lot this week specifically, but, um, you know, even more so in the past, uh, you know, and it, that is what made them so successful. What, what was it? What was it? Was it the mental grit? Was it the tenacity? Was it something that they instilled in you? Was it who you all collectively were as individuals before you came here? Because I almost feel like at some point you're looking at the coaches. I mean, yes, they need to do more clearly, but I part, I feel like this kind of also falls on the players because we go back to what Herm Edwards talked about all week in press, in press conferences about how he's been talking to the players. He wants us to be a more vocal team, a player-led team. And instead you have Chase Lucas out here in this very end zone chirping at an official about a flag that was actually a legitimate flag for um, some sort of way that the defense was lined up before the snap. Um, and he's saying, like, that's a bullshit flag. What are you talking about? And it's like, no, that's one of the legitimate flags that you guys have actually got. Instead of yelling at him, talk to your guys, talk to your coordinators, tell them to do a better – whoever you need to yell at, get that to them, not the refs, because you're going to get yourself in more trouble. That's problem number one. Problem number two is that the players who are getting into fights with the fans, ignore them, turn around, and do your goddamn job. Do your job. That's all anyone's been telling you to do this whole time, and you still can't focus enough to do it. The younger players played better in this homecoming game than the older experienced guys where this game should have meant more to them and they should have came out and performed. I mean, yeah, you could just tell right from the get-go that uh, after the two turnovers and three plays, um, the the mood was kind of set for the rest of the game. I mm-hmm. I still had faith because of this defense and and how quickly they can turn things around, but the the chemistry was off. There was there there just isn't a lot to look forward to. I mean, this, let's cancel the season. The season's over. Let's yeah. go watch basketball because frankly, it's well, embarrassing. Well, we talked about this. I feel like after this game, it is even more likely that you're going to see a self-imposed bowl ban from ASU no matter what ends up happening. Like, I feel like they're going to self-impose a bowl ban. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's get to the numbers uh, before we get a little too riled up. 34-21 um, was the final for this game. Uh, turnovers, obviously, an issue five for ASU. The 21 yeah. points came late. I mean, it, it wasn't even it, – it's way – the cl- score is no, way the, closer the, than the it should have been. The, the, set, the touchdown that made it 14 uh, was with, like, around six minutes remaining, and then they scored with 30 seconds left in the game. That's basically everyone that's a third second-string, third-string guy for Washington State is in at that point, and they already know they have that game won. So it's not the biggest deal if they don't make those tackles. So, you know, it's one of those things. Like, yes, you came back and you made it what you made it, but it's not – that score is not reflective of the game that was played on the field. And, Shane, I want to ask you about something because there was a, a, a very significant moment for me in this game where I had that feeling creep up on me in terms of, like, they're going to screw themselves with clock management too. And that was when it was the end of the first quarter and ASU still had the ball and they're driving down the field. And instead of choosing to uh, get the playoff, they let the clock run out and expire. And I don't understand why they do that because they have had situations in the past before where, where t- clock management hasn't necessarily been the greatest for them. So I know that that didn't bite them in the butt today, 
but it did. It is something that could definitely hurt them in the future, along with the penalties, along with the turnovers, because those two things are things we had been harping on earlier in the year, especially the penalties. Now, the turnovers is something we didn't talk about as much because it looked like that was something that they had cleaned up and dealt with for the most part. And then today, it's like we took a time travel back into utah two weeks ago or not utah byu i'm sorry yeah yeah this is this is the thing with me this team is so talented that they they have great skill players they're deep at every position and a lot of what was going on today was was discipline and to me that falls back on the coaches and i will not i will not blame anybody else but the coaching staff for this loss i mean yeah there were some miscues i mean some Obviously, uh, uncharacteristic turnovers from Jaden Daniels and uh, bad throws, missing some things. But that came after the fact of this this game was already out of reach. I mean, it, there were there were multiple times where ASU could have turned this around. I mean, Merlin Robertson's interception on that shovel pass, no, they, they missed that field goal after because of discipline. Um, and yeah, then, and, well, and it was made. They had originally yeah. made it, and then they had yep. to take those points off the because board because of, of a flag. Exactly. It's stupid. It's always stupid things like that that end up biting them in the butt, and, and it yeah, doesn't even, need to happen. Yeah, even in the second half, they started out hot because of the chase hat or the, the case hatch hit to start mm-hmm. uh, that kickoff, and they could have gotten the momentum there, but they didn't choose to capture it, and it, it just kind of shows me that this team is almost given up, which is so bizarre to say as a team that came um, to this game five and two. It collectively looked like and this might just be my opinion from the sidelines at this game, in the third quarter, it collectively looked like they had given up after, you know, they had gone up 31-7. to There seemed to be no effort from the defense on certain plays in terms of getting there to make it. Um, And you look at the offense and what they were struggling to do today, and a lot of it comes back down to the offensive line again and their inability to not draw flags. Um, I mean, it's, it's very frustrating to watch week after week after week. And it is on the coaches because at some point you want it to be a player-led team, but when do you drop a hammer and say, hey, listen, assholes, get your shit together if you want to win a game. Like, seriously, it's got to come to that at some point. And I, I hate to be grunt or whatever, like just out there with it, but that is what it is. At some point you have to have a coach like that. And there have been a lot of comments that have been going on throughout the course of this game. You know, I was very active on the PHNX Twitter page for the Sun Devils. And uh, there were a lot of people interacting with us. No one would have thought it would have been 14 nothing at the end of the first, myself included. Um, but people especially are saying that, you know, they're kind of over Herm, they're over the experiment, and they need a higher disciplinarian. And actually, some people even are calling for Ray Anderson to go too. And that's not new. People have not liked Ray for a while. But, you know, this, uh, this experiment has been going on for four years. And we're to the point where, you know, you're not seeing it pay off. Uh, if these allegations against... Uh, Arizona State, Antonio Pearson, his staff in terms of recruiting end up being true, that's going to be even more of a blow. And, you know, on top of that, you cheated and you're not even winning. So you can't even cheat right. So that's how ASU does things. Um, But still, you know, you just look at where they're at and and what they they did not get done today and the opportunities that they lost. How do you come into this game knowing that you can control your own destiny in the Pac-12 South? After being given a gift. After being yes, given a gift in a Utah loss. gifted last week in your bye. And you come out here like this. There was You were 100% right. It was such a lack of discipline, especially with the flags. And, you know, it's just so frustrating to see week after week. Yeah, and going back to your point about Herm, the statistics speak for themselves. Um, everybody loves to talk about uh, the dark days of Todd Graham and how he was a subpar coach. 
The only reason why Herm didn't get that in the past before uh, at, explo- at a self-implosion like this, um, it took a game like this for conversations to be started, was because of who he is. And Todd Graham mm-hmm. always kind of had that bad rap where everyone's like, oh, we – but Todd Graham and him, yeah. coaching statistics are very similar. I think Todd Graham might have edged him out and wins now. Uh, he he win, already did. Todd Graham yeah. has edged him out every yeah. – almost every year he's been here. Todd Graham had a couple of really good seasons. He had a 10-3 and three season. Yep. Like uh, – I think he had two 10 and three seasons, to be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, hi, Ian, nice to see you. Um, anyways, yeah, at this point, you know, it's one of those things where um, he definitely, and people will argue with it because they don't like Todd Graham and they don't necessarily like the legacy. They don't like the last couple of years that he had when he was here and the taste that they have in their mouth still. But Todd Graham, realistically, at this point in time, you cannot argue that he was a worse head coach than Herm Edwards. I think Herm Edwards' track record has not measured up to what Todd Graham's been able to do. And I think Todd Graham had – uh, quite a bit more in-conference competition that he had to face because yeah. this conference has been a friggin' disaster for the last couple of years that Herm's been here. T- Todd's comment s- sums it up earlier. He said, let's face it, Herm is a historic- historically mediocre head coach. I would hire him to be my life coach, but not my head coach. And that rings true. I love him as a person. I think he's fantastic. He's a great motivator. But there's just something wrong. I mean, it, it just doesn't feel right, this ASU team. And I'm really starting to feel for these players because of the extra opportunity they were given to come back, a lot of the returning fifth years um, with an mm-hmm. extra year of eligibility and having this revenge kind of season mentality just to be disappointed uh, three times now in games that you, that this team was way more talented. They're, they haven't been outmatched uh, in talent this entire year, and I don't think they will be this entire year, but it's just the, them beating themselves. Yeah, they really do beat themselves. And, you know, it's also one of those things where – I, I don't know if you saw it, but Jordan Simone's on the sidelines every week, and he yeah. uh, tweeted out that he had talked to, uh, you know, Jake Plummer, yeah. and Jake said there was a game where they he had thrown three interceptions in the first half, and Arizona State was able to come back and win. I've also been saying that I don't think that this group of people from the 96 team spent enough time collectively with this group of Sun Devils because their mentality and their thought process and just who they are as individuals still to this day speaks volumes in terms of why they were able to be so successful on the field. And I think if the guys are around more really strong, solid men who know what it takes to win, who have been in this situation, who played in this very same stadium, who are coming back now 25 years after having their success and talk to the players, I mean, I don't know, but it's one of those things. It would have been nice to see them spend more time with them. Maybe they would have pulled out a win this week. Um, but they are definitely not the same team, and it is heartbreaking. Like Josh had brought up, we had that comment on the screen earlier too. You know, to see that 97 team out here at, at the half getting honored, and they're just – they're the last though. team that's truly done anything. The only other yeah. team that came close to the 2013 team that made it to the Pac-12 championships and ended up losing when that game was played here at Sun Devil Stadium. And then here we are. Here we are. 2014 would have been close, but Arizona State couldn't pull out that win against U of A that year. So then they ended up getting to go to the Fiesta Bowl and play. Um, 2015 was when things started to go a little bit downhill with Todd Graham. Then they bring in Herm Edwards following that 2017 season. Herm Edwards comes in. Everything seems like it's going to be fine and dandy. We're in a rebuilding year. X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. COVID hits. NCAA allegations fall. All the recruits that you have that were these four-star recruits that were up there in the rankings decommit. You have very few kids that you can look towards um, in terms of like, okay, well, early signing day is what, December 19th, somewhere in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, every other team in the conference has a number of commits. ASU has nobody. 
And that's not going to get any better with the fact that you pretty much know at this point your defensive coordinator gone. That's almost a signed, sealed, delivered fact. Yeah. And then I think at this point, with each passing game, Herm Edwards is just, you know, signing his own death certificate here. And I hate to uh, yeah. say that, but. No, I, I, I don't see a situation where he comes back. If this team somehow is able to pull, string together, um, get together a winning streak to end the year, Maybe, maybe, but uh, I just I, I don't see it. And where where does this team go from here now? I mean, I, I I can't I can't stress enough how disappointed I am that this is happening to this group of guys who is so talented and getting beaten by teams that just don't, frankly, they don't deserve to win with with their rosters. And ASU should be winning these games every night, and it. And it just kind of felt like they were going to do this week yeah. after week at the start of the year, even when they were winning because of how kind of fraudulent this team has felt. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the two, the first two games of the season against um, UNLV and I forget who the first game was for some reason I'm drawing a blank. I know it was someone's ball. Anyways. Oh, Southern Utah. Um, you know, those two games of the season, I felt like it was a flashback. And everyone said it flashback in time to both Dennis Ayrton in one game and going back even further behind him was Dirk Cutter in the other game with the penalties. Then you see the next game against BYU, and it's just an absolute train wreck. And I think that that really kind of set the tone early in the season. The two wins were able to mask a lot of the issues that were going on, and they kind of – I feel like they've just gotten lucky up until this point in terms of, like, having things fall into place and work out for them the way that they worked out. Um, and and it, things just didn't happen for them this week. You know, the, the block wasn't there. Yeah, uh, well, I got some more bad news for you Sun Devils fans, but I'm going to save that until after I give you some good news. Right now, if you download that DraftKings Sportsbook app, right uh, right there, use that promo code PHNX. Um, you get $5, bet just $5 on any NFL team this week to win their game, and you can get $200 in free bets if that NFL team does that when you sign up using that promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's 21-plus, Arizona-only gambling problem called 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Um, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Here's some bad news, Britt. This is what I wanted to get to. Is this is Tyler, bad. Is it, is it Tyler Johnson? No, 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 no. Oh, do, do you by chance? Because I was on the field, so I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. No, no I, didn't, okay. I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to scare you. Okay, um, I was wondering if it was an update. I'm like, please don't tell no. me he's out for the season. Um, but this might be worse than that because this is bad right now. These losses suck, and it hurts, and it stings, and it's and it's just encapsulates all of what ASU football has been over these past 10 years. But what sucks even more is with this recruiting stuff going on, this team has so many players that are going to leave at the end of this year, whether oh, it's transfers too. or seniors, and the recruiting class that's coming in next year is not very strong. It's so not buckle fair. up. It's non-existent at this point. And, I mean, you're going you're gonna to see them, I'm sure, hit the transfer portal super hard. You're going to see them, uh, you know, trying to get some of those JUCO guys. But you don't want to see them rely on JUCO guys and transfers to rebuild your roster because we have already seen what happens when you do that with Todd Graham. So, yes, that's going to be something that factors into it. But you also have to look at the high school aspect of trying to get some of those top recruits in here. And I feel like they really don't have very many commits at this point. I want to say they still have four that are on the board. Um, and it's not progressing in the right direction. They told, from what I've heard, they told Antonio Pierce, Herm Edwards, do not go on the recruiting trip, stay here for the games. The other coaches went on recruiting trips. Um, they were in California the past couple days. So 
I mean, hopefully they gain some headway and make up some ground because, quite frankly, I don't think this whole entire staff is going to be gone. I think that they're going to want to keep some of the guys around that are here. I think Zach Hill is somebody that they're going to keep around. And I think Marvin Lewis is going to have his name in the hat as a head coach. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that ends up going. But I think he's someone that they're going to be looking at. Um, you know, it, it's just – I don't even know where I was going with this. I just started talking about what they didn't do and, and you know, um, oh, hurting. Well, next year, I wanted to touch on this. We talk a ton of shit about U of A, all right? And that's something we love to do with Sun Devils. It gives us, you know, a little bit of happiness, especially in a moment like this. Um, but we need to really humble ourselves because Arizona State is in the uh, really – weird situation where they could potentially find themselves having a, a terrible year next year where they end things like four and six or three and seven, uh, you know, with, and at that 10 game stretch going into the final two games of the year. And, you know, you're looking at knocking on the door of maybe getting a bowl invite if you finish the season six and six, uh, and you could potentially end the season three and nine if you're three and seven going yeah. into the last two games of the year next year. So, I mean, yeah, it's nice to make fun of U of A and uh, talk, joke about where they're at and how miserable their fan base is. But, you know, it does not get too comfortable with where, you know, with all that talk because it it could very quickly be flipped back around right on us next year. Well, look, this team playing U of A right now, U of A would come into this game fired up and ready to play. This team doesn't look like it can find motivation from anywhere. I would not be shocked if U of A kept that close. I would not be shocked if U of A was – if the score was tied going into the fourth quarter. And that is how In this game, I, with how they came out tonight, exactly. I agree 100%. Man, this was a terrible, terrible performance from there, a terrible showing. I don't know if they just didn't have energy. I don't know if the day game had anything to do with it, but I'm not going to put it on the day game. I don't think that the no, day had not. any – it should have had nothing. Because I get it, you have a little bit of a different game day schedule. But it's not that significantly different from when you practice. Just across the street at the bubble. So I don't want to hear any of that. Like, yeah, I mean, people try to make excuses, but really the excuses it came down to, they weren't prepared, they weren't mentally tough enough, and they didn't want to win this game. Instead of talking and communicating with each other about what they needed to do and what they Mm -hmm. needed to do to make improvements, they decided to just talk shit to other people like the refs or people in the stands. (laughs) Make the changes you need to make. Be accountable. I don't feel like anyone on this team is accountable. When they mess up, like, are they accountable for their actions? Do they make sure that they're giving their 100% all every single play so that the person to their right or to their left isn't hurt from their inability to make a play? Uh, That's something that Juan and Kyle talked about yesterday. You know, they made sure that they wanted to give their 100% every single snap because they didn't want to get bitched at from the guy next to them for letting them down. They also didn't want that on their conscience. And I feel like this team doesn't have that. I feel like that's just a general sense of, how a lot of teams have become um, just without t- through time. They're not, it's not, it's more of a, they get hyped up from such a young age that they're so good. And it's not to say that they're not good. They are, but you have to keep them humbled and hungry and want to continue to get better each and every week. Instead of when you're good, it's hard to make a change. When you like know you can be better or opportunities are presented to you in a situation where it's painted for you and someone presents it to you as if, yeah, you're good. Don't get us wrong. But what if we can take you and instead of just being good, you could be one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Would you not want to take that preposition? I mean, yeah, of course yeah. you would. I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with the um, accountability thing, and, it, and it's different than chemistry. Accountability it, it, it takes a it takes a leader and a and a and a true like man to be able to look your teammate in the eye and 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 hold them accountable. And it's not just accountability where they fall short. Um, 
it's also discipline as we've talked about and it's it's so disappointing to see a season thrown out the window like this uh, because of the intangible stuff, because of the things that you can control. It's not injuries that are holding this team back. It's intangible oh, no. things. It's not injuries or inexperience. The whole thing that's holding them back literally is penalties and turnovers. That is going to be mm-hmm. what the – that's going to be, I feel like, the, the end result of their season when you look at it in a nutshell. How do you describe this season? Well, friend, penalties and turnovers. Yeah. That and, was it. And, and, and that's the- how they killed themselves. The worst part about this loss is it wasn't just a, a bad loss. It wasn't just a loss to Washington State. It was it was the type of loss that makes you look at the whole program. It was a type of loss where you kind of sit there and go, "Holy shit!" Like yeah. th- th- something is wrong because it wasn't it's like majorly it was, wrong, yeah. majorly wrong. And it appears, it, and this might just be my take, but Shane, let me know if you agree or disagree. Does it seem to you like since the the ASU went on the road to Utah and all of the stuff happened with Antonio Pierce and like more news information was trickling out. Like that this team is just, they just seem like they quit. Like yeah, they just some, aren't here. They're not the same team. It's well, that, that was the turning point. I felt like let, let's go back to week three or four when this team, when this team was playing well and on one of our post game shows um, after the, I think after the bounce back win after BYU, we said, this is pretty impressive how a team with so much going on behind them and stuff whispers in their ears about all of this controversy and scandals can just fight through it. We haven't heard a thing about it. We're not hearing the whole story. There's, it's clearly affecting them because, because look, at, look at it this way. You, Washington State – had the whole co- coaching change. This is the second week coaching, the vaccination mm-hmm. stuff, a lot of stuff going on, and they took that and they were motivated by it. ASU can't be motivated by this because they know it's self-sanctioning. They know this is th- this is a problem caused internally. They know that their leaders are the ones that are causing this problem. It's not mm-hmm. it's not like what happened with Washington State where the cancer is out and they, they can they can push forward and move on. It's not like that. And that's why they're yeah. not drawing the motivation. And that is scary to think about. Uh, yeah, it's scary to think about, too, especially when you look at who their upcoming uh, opponents are. Now, USC, and this is why I hate when USC gets off to a slow start, because there was a couple years yeah. back where USC got off to, I want to say it was like a one and three start or something. And then they came to Tempe for like the second um, conference game of the year. Yeah. And they just absolutely whooped ASU's ass, and that was how things went. And I feel like that always is the story for USC. So to see Arizona State have back-to-back really shitty losses like this. And, man, I wanted to touch on this, too. There was almost two complete halves where ASU did not score a touchdown yep. and allowed eight touchdowns. How terrible was, is that? That's bad. But um, I, I feel like that was a turning point. You know, you see them with what, what they're struggling to do. Um, I just – I can't with this team. It, it is – you are clearly not getting the whole story. You did hit the nail right on, uh, right on the head with that. There's um, an obvious disconnect, and I don't expect to get the full story. Um, obviously, they're going to want to keep th- some things under wraps, but uh, you know, with the way that they've been playing lately, it's hard not to get the vibe that shit just is real bad, and they are just – it's almost like they're waiting. It's like they know they're dead in the water, and they're just waiting. When, when this whole story comes out, this will be a game that's looked back on, and you're like, oh. That's what happened. The, the yeah. players were dealing with this. Um, yeah, th- they definitely had heard about this X Y Z, and and it's just you're just kind of waiting for it to happen. I, the stat that I saw was in 55 minutes of ASU football, they were outscored 49 to nothing. 
um, which is egregious. Um, but the, yeah, touching on the upcoming schedule, obviously, um, you touched on uh, USC. Uh, USC comes to Tempe um, a week from today. Oh, Nick, um, we, we should find a kickout a kickoff timeout tomorrow. I've had a lot of people that have reached out and asked us that. You know, we had mm-hmm. to. We uh, media was told uh, when I came to pick up my credential on Monday, we would get a time Sunday morning. So tomorrow morning, you'll have a kickoff time announced. I'm assuming they were probably waiting to see how uh-huh. things fell today. Um, and here we are with a loss. So Yeah. Um, and then you got Washington on the road, the two PNW teams, Washington on the road, Oregon State on the road. And then U of A in Tempe on November 27th. Which, if things don't turn around quick, <laughs> that'll oh. be the first time I would be nervous to watch an ASU U of A game in years. I gotta say, you know, last year U of A didn't look good. ASU looked like they were struggling. I was really unsure of what to expect for ASU going into that game. I feel worse this year. Yeah. It's I feel worse this year because that U of A team is going to be so fed up and pissed off by the time they face ASU. And if this they, ASU team is going to yeah. be so, like, just over all of the bullshit that's going on behind the scenes um, that I think it has potential to be one of those games that ASU fans absolutely dread seeing. And they're not going to like hearing me say that, but I have that gut feeling in my stomach now. So I'm just going to put it out there. If, if U of A – which it looks like is very possible. I think they they're kicking off right now. Um, if they don't win a game by the time they come to Tempe, oh boy! <laughs> I mean, talk about uh, uh, an animal that's been shaken in a box and just let out. I mean, they and they they have will come for the throats of the devils. They will, and you know, you also know just as well as I do that Arizona State very frequently struggles to rise to meet expectations and can't play in big games, in, in those big moments where the pressure's on and the intensity's dialed up, they Team struggle. Games, they yeah. struggle. And so I feel like if they end up being in a game like that against U of A where the, the U of A turns up the pressure and all of a sudden they find themselves struggling and it would be their first opportunity in more than 40 years to win four games in a row against the Wildcats, I feel like they'll find a way to just bluff it away. And it's yeah. not any one person in particular. I feel like it just is a general vibe that has cursed this goddamn program and they can't shake it. Yeah. And it gets in their head. And then that just is what it is. Yeah. Um, well, normally on these shows, we talk about the good and then the bad or the bad. That, and then the was, good. There any, was there any good? I feel it like was there was just, very minimal good. It was just ugly. I have three good things to talk about. The first being our wonderful website, gophnx.com, where you can find great merch. You can get your first cent- first month for just 50 cents. You can get an annual membership for a little under 60 bucks, and you get a free T-shirt. When you do that, you get access to the members-only Discord. You get access to exclusive articles and videos. Um, including some of Brit's stuff on ASU, including Gerald Bourget, who writes for the Suns, and all the other um, t- coverage of teams we have at GoPHNX. It's some really good stuff. It's a good investment for your brain, um, and it, it's a good time over here. So if you want to do that, go head over to GoPHNX.com and think about getting a membership and joining our family. That is number one, and that didn't even happen on the field. You know, I, I don't only- even know what I'm going to talk about. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what – I should specifically focus on with this uh-huh. story because have, there's I, a lot. I only have one thing. I only have one thing that that actually relates to football. The second thing is 
those jerseys looked sweet. They uh, did. Oh, <laughs> I actually got a really good boomerang of the helmets with the sun reflecting on it, but then I didn't post it because ASU was already down seven to nothing. And I was like, well, yeah, this is not exciting. Yeah. Tailgating was good. That's a good thing. Tailgating um, was good. And this is my third thing. Oh, actually, no. I was going to say the game ended, but fuck that. Dude, this game took so long. It was almost a four-hour game. At least it's not me that was standing here like, why is this shit just dragging on? I had to push Ah. back the stream time like twice, and oh my god, it was so, so painful to watch the timeouts when they were down three scores. And um, Oh, this was my my third good thing. Um, Trent Borgay sighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. He played great at the end of the game, but yeah, I I almost forgot about that because it was at the very end and I looked and I saw him in and I saw he had the touchdown at the end and I was just like, okay, you know, or he had a pass that was pretty close for a touchdown. I'm not, I didn't see the final play if he passed it in for a touchdown Mm -hmm. or if it was a rushing touchdown, but um, yeah, he played good. I almost felt like he could put him in and he would have played better than Jaden Daniels played today. And I was a little worried about saying that before. I'm glad everyone's gone now because his mom isn't standing here. And I would not have said that if she was here because she would have probably killed me. But yeah. <laughs> um, do you actually have a, a, anything else to add for good? Um, good. The 22-yard line. Eric Gentry. I felt like okay. Eric Gentry okay. played pretty good today. I, I saw him too. make a couple of really big plays that I thought were critical. Um, so yeah, the linebackers, I, I would the say, linebackers in general, I thought played pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's about the only good, I, like I have. <laughs> um, I was going to so. say the, 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 the 22 yard line that all the home teams in the PAC 12 are painting red, um, for the tragedies that, uh, fell on the Utah team. That was really cool to see. Um, and I'm glad that ASU was able to participate in that. Mm-hmm. Well, we will be back on Tuesday. Um, because tomorrow, Monday, um, ASU basketball is yeah. Thank we God ASU we have something else to cover. Scrimmage. Well, I don't know, Shane, because I was out at Mill Madness last night or Moonlit Madness, whatever we're calling yeah. it now. I got to tell you, the girls looked quite a bit better than the boys did. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it might we'll, be one of those years. We'll bring you coverage for both of those teams, um, and we'll get more in-depth analysis on both basketball teams and maybe some football teams if we if we get over it. Um, well, we might just decide to be like U of A now. We're a basketball school anyway, so, you know. <laughs> but we're a triathlon we're school. We're yeah, a wrestling school. Yeah, we're a triathlon school. school. Um, we're, but, yeah, we'll, we'll be back live on Tuesday to talk about um, – couple more remarks from this game but mostly about the scrimmage that is happening on monday for asu basketball we'll also mm-hmm. be live on friday and then we'll come to you right after hopefully a not as disappointing affair um in the usc game or right after the usc game depending on the time but is there anything be right here for that game yep. too um right. yeah last final thought um fans who are still watching this uh go out enjoy your night enjoy the rest of the afternoon don't let this loss weigh too heavy on you. Yes, it's something that's disappointing. Yes, it's something that you're still going to have to deal with. But you know what? It's homecoming. You had a day game today, especially if you're in Tempe. Go out and celebrate the times with the people who are here. Because there are so many people who came in for this game. Just go make the most of the rest of your day and don't let this weigh too heavy on you. That's maybe all. You, maybe you can see this beautiful thing um, in Old Town tonight if you're lucky. Um, you can see you, this beautiful thing on Mill as soon as I'm done writing this post-game story. So come are find you, me. Uh, are you dressing up at all? No, not today. Maybe tomorrow. I looked I looked pretty great last night. I was wearing some knickers. Dude, you, look, 
you looked really good on your show that you did for bets too by the yeah, way I yeah, give you a shout out for that. Yeah, thank you yeah i wore that out it was it was pretty great um but let's let's get out of here i don't want to prolong this like the game prolonged itself um so yeah live on tuesday um i believe at five we will update you on schedule changes yeah. moving forward and uh yeah thanks for joining Ooh, us again i have one yeah. other thing too to add I got out today well, uh, before homecoming, got to talk to a bunch of fans to do some man on the street stuff. So we'll be bringing you some interesting content involving a fan aspect now because we want to get you guys in focus of stuff. And if you're ever interested in doing anything like that, come find me because from now on at ASU events, I'm going to be talking to you guys, uh, trying to get some hot takes. So, yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, yeah, uh, reach out to us on social media. You can follow me at Shane D. If you can follow Brittany at Boyer 7 You can follow our Sun Devils Twitter page at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow PHNX underscore sports across all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Subscribe if you haven't. Please leave a like on the video. And uh, this will this this uh, episode will be up in an audio-only version on all podcast streaming platforms as is every episode that we have ever done um so if you want to so kindly kindly leave a review and uh yeah have a have a great rest of your day i appreciate you guys joining us and we'll see you on tuesday uh peace, peace. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.